it's starting to get a little bit more serious now. It's Wednesday of the David Hicks watch. Will he make it to Norman this week yet? Anyone get nervous, by the way? I mean, it's getting serious now. It was a, you know, a joke last week, just having fun. Late last week, then early into this week. Like, we're getting close, guys. It's Wednesday, David Hicks watch. And I haven't seen anything yet, Parker Thune, to say that he's not going to make it in town this weekend. Still sounds like he plans on being here as it sits currently. I mean, that's the expectation. That's what should happen. Barring any flat tires and or film studies. <laughs> what are you more worried about, a flat tire or a film study? <laughs> 405-651-3439. Let us know on the Air Coverage Solutions text line. No, um, it's Wednesday. We're, we're going to update you as much as we can on the, the David Hicks situation because in a weekend full of five stars, David Hicks, uh, I guess, shines the brightest just because he is viewed at as the most – Important piece left out there. Well, he's committed, but you know what I mean. Who who are you trying to flip uh, for this 2023 class? But the weekend visitors as a whole, we already told you this week about how many five stars are going to be in town. Add another five star that will be in Norman this weekend. No, there's not a new name. There's just someone that was already going to be here that just got elevated to five stars earlier today. David Stone, OKC native. Um, playing uh, at IMG. He was upgraded to a five-star today. And I think, Parker, what, the number four overall player in the 2024 class? Number four overall Man. and number two defensive lineman Dang. in the nation behind only williams Winery. Interesting. None other than Caden Green's high school teammate. So you've got um, several five-stars in. Add one more five-star to the mix coming in on Saturday. Well, he was, he's not going to be here. Oh, David Stone's uh, not coming now? No, no, Stone will. Uh, Williams Norman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I was talking about that's David who Stone. I was referring yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, 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 yeah. So, David Stone will be here. I still believe in the end David Stone's going to be a Sooner. And when we're talking about elite defensive line halls, we're going to keep talking about it in this 2024 class because outside of David Stone, you are very much in the mix for Williams Norman. You are very much in the mix for Nigel Smith. You are very much in the mix for Zadavian Sims. I can go on. Uh, Zena Amosalu, that's a guy that Oklahoma's going to have a real shot at. Whether they um, get David Hicks or not this cycle, they are going to, and, and I think they have some elite defensive linemen in this class, but they, um, they're they going to sign more elite defensive linemen as we move forward here. That's, that's going to happen. They will be in the conversation in the class of 2024 for best defensive line class. Sure. Squarely. Peyton says, let's send a helicopter down to pick him up. I'm sure that's not a recruiting violation. I don't doubt that A&M has done that for someone before. Uh, Kevin Sumlin used to call it the swag copter about 10 years the ago. swag copter. Um, I, I mean, we know Jeff Lebby and B. Hall took one down to see uh, Jackson Arnold and Peyton Bowen a few weeks ago, right? Just take down the, uh, the Sooner Chopper, whatever they want to call it, to go pick up David Hicks to ensure no flat tires or film studies for that matter. Uh, well, what, what, the Vegas odds probably favor film study a little bit over flat tire, but the weird. Okay, so the weird thing is, and this is going to impact visits down the stretch too. And I guess Oklahoma really only has to worry about it this weekend because it's the last home game for them. It's Senior Day, but the Texas high school football playoffs. In some cases, you got games that are being played on Saturdays. Sure, and so there'll be some guys that can't make it in. 
due to perfectly legitimate and very transparent excuses, i.e. they actually have to play a postseason game that day. Uh, I live 10 minutes from Katie Pato uh, High School. Do I need to do some surveillance? Yes, yes, hide in the bushes. Hide in the bushes and try to sound like a bird like, are you going to Norman this weekend? <laughs> and then see how he reacts. Just do something weird. I don't know. Just let us know for sure what David Hicks is saying. Just yell boomer from the bushes. <laughs> there you go. If he responds, that's how you know. And if you say gig him real loud and he goes, eh, three and seven, then I'll start to feel really good about this. In all seriousness, like, what four teams or five teams or how many teams are really in for David Hicks at this point? Obviously A&M because he's committed to them, though it doesn't really feel like a serious commitment up to this point. OU, Oregon, and Texas, are, the, are those the four that we're talking about? Subtract someone, add someone. I'm torn on Oregon because I don't think the situation geographically makes a ton of sense, especially with what DJ Hicks wants, but Oregon's doing some things behind the scenes. Oh, I'm man. sure, but like, they're, mean, they're, they're, they are on the ver- like right now, they are making a very strong and very legitimate push to flip Caden Proctor from Iowa, who of course is uh, one of the top ten players in the country, and I believe top three among offensive t- – I can't remember exactly where he falls in the composite, but that's one of the best prospects in the nation. He's been committed to Iowa since July, I believe, and now all of a sudden Oregon is on the verge of flipping him. So if you flip a guy that I think is the best offensive tackle prospect in this class and probably the best offensive tackle prospect in the last three, four cycles, then could that get the snowball rolling if you're Oregon? Maybe. Possibly. Hey, um, speaking of David Hicks, though, we always say, and going to Peyton Bowen to stick with David Hicks, we always say girlfriends are undefeated, right? Yes. How many times have we said, I I don't think any radio show in existence has ever said girlfriends are undefeated more than this hour that you and I are on the air together. Probably true. So if girlfriends are undefeated, what's the current win-loss record of best friends? Because I'm hoping that best friends are pretty close to being undefeated as well. I hope that best friends don't have a Texas A&M 3-7 overall record or anything because we're counting on the girlfriend factor for Peyton Bowen. We're not talking about the best friend factor for David Hicks. I'm, I'm just hoping that that's something there. Depends on how you categorize best friends, right? Because, I, I, for instance, I have three friends in my life that I all individually and invariably refer to as my best friend, right? <laughs> so do you ha- are you the type of person that only keeps – one best friend. Only one person has that title. Or do you have multiple people that you would categorize as your best friend? But I would say, outside looking in, yes, DJ Hicks and Damian Sanford are best friends. And that relationship, we know why DJ Hicks primarily committed to Texas A&M. But if you're looking at the ancillary factors that contributed, the relationship with Damian Sanford very much mattered, which is why... Every single school that's still pursuing DJ Hicks has thrown out an offer to Damian Sanford as well. Yeah. Send the chopper for Reuben Bain. Oh, you guys are on the Reuben Bain train still, that's for sure. Um, yeah, appreciate. Yes, glad you guys like the bird voice. It was uh, not scripted. It was not practiced or anything, but thank you for acknowledging it. How would you rank the 2023 quarterbacks 1-5? to five? Uh, uh, Well, I, I, about where, how about this? We'll shorten it up a little bit. Where do Jackson Arnold and Arch Manning factor into the top five? We'll just kind of cut to the chase there because that's probably what you really want to know. Is Arch Manning in the top five? Statistically, he's had a really good senior season. The little I've been paying attention to it. But so has Jackson Arnold. Jackson Arnold's been balling, and he has not disappointed whatsoever.
In fact, I think he may be, uh, I think maybe he, he has lived up to the five-star billing and I think and then some for the way that he's played consistently this year in high-level Texas high school football. You ever played Madden on rookie difficulty? All the and time, like, yes. <laughs> it's like your guy's carrying the ball and the defender will like get close to your ball carrier and they just like run a completely different direction. It's the only way I could consistently win with the Dallas Cowboys was on rookie <laughs> mode in the NFL. Sure I have. I mean, that's, that's Arch Manning every single week. So, no, I, I I do not have Arch Manning in my top five, and like I I'm not just sitting here saying that because he's committed to the University of Texas. We've been consistently having this same conversation since months before anybody knew he was going to be a Texas Longhorn. I would say for me, uh, the top five. See, there's a vi- there's a very clear top three. Is Jackson so Arnold in the top three? Jackson Arnold okay. is in the top. Three. There you go. To me, the top three in this class are Jackson Arnold, Nico Iamaleava, and, and Malachi Bray- And Six Killer from Norman North. Oh, okay. Now, Six Killer, he's he's in that 8 to 10 okay, range That's right what now. I thought. We're, yeah, working he's... his way up. <laughs> um, but, yeah, beyond that, I mean, you can really kind of take your pick a litter. There are a lot of these guys that are on the – on the same level or close to it, Jaden Rashada is a very outstanding quarterback. Eli Holstein and Dylan Lonergan, Alabama's two commits, they're really good passers. Dante Moore, Christopher Vizina, a guy that not a whole lot of folks are talking about that I think is going to be a stud is Washington commit Lincoln Keenholz, who hails from Pierre, South Dakota. Uh, that's a guy that uh, I think has the opportunity to be as good as anybody uh, in this class if the situation suits him. Um it's a deep, deep quarterback class. Yeah, no, it and really I, is. There, there are names that I didn't even bring up there that would factor in the conversation, too. Uh, 918 says, don't worry, Quinn Ewers has the Texas job locked. Laughing face emoji. Um, I have a take for you, not to veer off uh, too much here. No, 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 go ahead. But everyone around here, understandably so, is talking about the quarterback situation for next year and what's going to happen. Are they going to go in the portal? Is Dylan Gabriel your starter? I think the Texas quarterback situation is a lot more interesting and a lot more up in the air than the OU quarterback situation is. I think Dylan Gabriel is going to be your starter next year, and I think that Jackson Arnold is probably going to win the backup quarterback job. I cannot say for absolute certainty that Quinn Ewers is going to win the starting quarterback job next year at Texas. I absolutely, And I'm not saying that Arch is going to light the world on fire, but, I mean, Quinn Ewers has been really bad since that OU game. Like, and that's why I say, like, I, I think it's much more you know of a what? discussion what happens next year in Austin than it is in Norman. The biggest indictment of Oklahoma's defense in the year of our Lord 2022 is that they're the only defense that's made Quinn Ewers Seriously, look Seriously, I mean, they got no pressure on him and he just sat back there all day long. That's so frustrating. But you're right. outside of that, it's been kind of like, eh, I'm waiting to see it with Quinn Ewers. When's it going to happen? He's been very, very average. And he was very... He was very – they didn't, they didn't score an offensive touchdown last week against TCU. He's not that good, man. He, he's not that good. I know he's young. I, I know he still hasn't played a lot of football, but Quinn Ewers is not the answers to, to, to Texas problems. Like what, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. What happens next year if Arch is Quinn 2.0? And all the concerns about the level of competition and his skills translating – what if all those concerns are well, justified and he just doesn't have it either? They'll be 6-4 and four after Week 10, just like they are right now, right? 
potentially even worse than that because I got bad news for him. Bijan Robinson ain't coming back next year, regardless of what he said in a press conference earlier this week. That ain't happening. And it looks like Xavier. What are these Xavier worthy to USC rumors? Oh, that's a thing. I I guess it's an internet thing. Okay, yeah. Well, they thought. Um, didn't USC thought think that they were going to get him last portal cycle, and now I think that they're back on it and thinking that yeah, it's already been decided that Xavier Worthy going to USC at the end of the year. Okay. Home mule shoe. He is working it. Yeah, he is. All right, so um, just kind of an updated five-star list on who's going to be here on Saturday. It looks like P.J. Adebare is going to be here, 2023 class. Jackson Arnold, five-star quarterback, is going to be here. David Hicks, as of now, five-star defensive lineman. You've got Peyton Bowen, five-star safety, who is supposed to be in town. And then five-star 2024 uncommitted player, David Stone, who's now the number four overall player in the 2024 class. Uh, Basically grew up and played high school football in OKC. Now he's at IMG Academy in Florida. You've been saying for a while now he's a strong Oklahoma lean. That's what it feels like. But you're going to have five five five-stars in Norman this weekend. And OU could use every single one of those five five five-stars moving forward. Ain't no doubt about that. I mean, at this point, if you're Oklahoma, <laughs> gonna have to, might just have to. It, it, I know there's been a lot of smoke regarding Michigan State for David Stone, and I don't want to completely disavow that because there's there's reason behind that. That's substantial. It's not just empty talk. But if you're Oklahoma, man, at this point, why do, are you just gonna expand the BHF a little bit more? Might as well, right? Yeah, just. Uh, Kick, I mean, throw together a little extra cash to float David Stone's way. Be like, hey, look, you know, you want to stay home. Deliver it to him in the chopper. the deal a little bit. Deliver it to him in the chopper. Fly all all the way out to Florida and give it to him. Or just wait till he's back home for for Christmas or whatever. Mike in Springfield says, still hearing Luther Burden to USC chat. Yeah, that's Uh, been a thing, too. I wouldn't be shocked, man. There's some interesting tweets that have been sent out from uh, guys who cover college football, one being a part of 24-7 sports. Uh-huh. We'll read that uh-huh. coming up next uh-huh. because uh, the portal isn't supposed to technically already be open. Make no mistake about it. The, the transfer open. portal is open and has been open for several weeks now. 405-651-3439. We'll get to more of your texts coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref, where the home of Sooner fans interact with the show on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. And in case some of you missed it yesterday, it's unfortunate, but I think I have to say this again to clean up someone else's mess. Oh, boy. Um, Don't take any of the Jackson Arnold rumors seriously, please. Whatever you do, do not take it seriously that he is about to flip to Notre Dame. Because that's not going to happen. Someone got that from an an Instagram rumor um, that had Jackson Arnold's name in it. I mean, he was never a candidate to flip to Notre Dame. And in fact, 
Hours later after that, a pit quarterback decommitted, which is what the Instagram rumor was referencing to begin with. So if you're one of those out there who just started listening to the show or haven't listened for a couple days and you've heard about the Jackson Arnold rumors, there's nothing there. And, you know, Brent Venables yesterday at his press conference was asked a question about the transfer portal at the end of the year. And Brent Venables made a comment saying, I don't think that we need a quarterback in the portal at the end of the year. Now, you can agree or disagree with that, whatever, but you don't say that as the head coach if you think that there's any chance whatsoever that your incoming five-star quarterback could, could go elsewhere. Your committed five-star quarterback could decommit and go elsewhere. You don't say that at the podium yesterday if you think that there's even a small chance he doesn't end up here. Yeah, I, mean, I think Brent Venables' motive, his primary motive in – explaining that hypothetical was to answer the question that he was initially asked, which was a recruiting-focused question. But I also think it's fair to guess that Brent Venables probably heard a lot of the noise on social media or saw some tweets or something and just wanted to subtly reassure everybody that, hey, look, Jackson Arnold's not going anywhere. By the way, Tyson and Stigler on the Air Comfort Solutions text line asked, Sorry, I'm late to the party, but what does BHF mean? <laughs> well, it's like Fight Club. You don't talk about it. So somebody somebody fill Tyson and Stigler in on the BHF. Uh, I, I just wanted to clean up someone else's mess, which is just another reminder. Don't listen to someone talk about recruiting that hasn't talked about recruiting for 25 years. Just kind of a PSA to everyone out there. Um, the tweet that I was referencing as we were going into break is that of Carl Reed. He is a college football analyst for 24-7 sports, and he sent this out. Starting to get calls from college coaches about kids they want to go in the portal. Some of you are going in the portal December 5th, and you don't know about it yet. You will be told soon. (laughs) Prepare yourself. So Carl's basically saying, yeah, I know a lot of you guys, you don't think you're going to be in the portal on December 5th, but trust me. You will be in the portal on December 5th. Plan accordingly. Yeah, and look, tampering is a very real thing. Yes, it is. And it's not just Mule Shoe that's doing it. And you can't even technically call it tampering, if we're being honest, because like there are enough ways to circumvent the regulations, and there are enough ways to circumvent the parameters that have been placed on contact with players at other schools that it's all too easy to do that type of thing. Exactly what Carl just described, which is, hey, let XYZ player know that uh, we want him here. The 918 says, my friend called and was like, the other station has been reporting he was flipping. I told him to stop listening and that gar- listen, stop listening to that garbage and get on the KREF app. Yeah, hey, doing the Lord's work right there. You did, you're, you're a good friend. You did your friend a favor. You did not let him believe garbage recruiting reports that are out there. Because if you heard last segment, guess who's going to be in town on Saturday on an unofficial visit? That's right. Said quarterback, Jackson Arnold. See, the ref army out here doing the Lord's work. Speaking of which, somebody on the text line said, Hey, Tyson from Stigler. (laughs) Bowen Hicks fun. I love that. See, people know. The Army never lets us down. No, they, they, they don't. Kendall says, guess who's going to be a Norman Friday night? Cole Adams. Maybe BV can go offer him while he's in town. Kendall, Cole Adams has an OU offer. <laughs> uh, also, is he is he healthy again? Is he playing? Uh, I know he got hurt game one, right? Yeah. I thought he was out for the year. I thought so, too, but I knew there was like the, the window was open that potentially he could I hope he is late in the season. 
He was playing really well. Who, dude? Did they play Bixby that first game? The battle in the birds. Yes, Owasso yes, and yes. Bixby. Owasso and Bixby. Yeah. There you go. That's what it was. Yeah. The transfer portal is like IHOP. Open twenty four seven, three sixty five. Well, you can actually like. There's been guys opting out this year in the middle of the season so they don't burn a year of eligibility before going into the portal. But yes, there 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 are already guys who. Know that they're going to be in the portal, and I believe, Parker, that there's probably a high-profile name or two that already know where they're going to play college football next year that plan to be in the portal. Those decisions are being made right now. Yep. And I'm just – listen, I just want to emphasize this. Everybody is doing it because if you don't keep up to speed, you get left behind, right? And so there were a few schools doing it. And doing it pretty conspicuously last offseason in the portal, I promise you, this year, everybody's doing it. Yeah. 918, we have four offensive line commitments. Are we done there? Yes, I would say so. And the, the one guy that was kind of still in the mix, maybe OU was going to get a visit from him. Uh, it always kind of felt like a long shot, but there was, there was a chance. Uh, they the two sides stayed in contact and he put him in his top ten. But that that of course was Samson Okunlola. Yeah, and that was not happening. Uh, I think he's going to be a Florida Gator. Yeah, I think Florida's about to do some damage. Everyone man. Uh, thinks he's going to Miami, but this could be another oh, decision boy. day surprise where it's like, oh, it's the Canes. Wait, no, it's Florida. No, I, don't think, huh? I don't think anybody thinks he's going to Miami. There, at this there's point. a like, prediction machine on another website yeah. that has heavily favor towards Miami. Yeah, and all those yeah. predictions are old. Like they held true in the moment, like this summer, but things have changed. And man, like DJ Lagway just announced his commitment date. Last night, yeah, December seventh. By the way, I think he's going Florida. Yeah, at USC, A and M, OU, Florida, and Baylor. Um, he, which he said, like, here's are the main schools recruiting me. That might be the five hats that are on the tra- table. Um, yeah, don't get worked up about that one, OU fans. Or no. get your hopes up. No, OU fans, you you got your guy. Your guy is Jackson Arnold, and I think you got your guy lined up for beyond that as well. When you look to the 2024 class, because I very firmly believe Michael Hawkins is going to be a Sooner. I uh, I didn't realize DJ Lagway's dad played at Baylor as a running back yes. back in the day, and that's why Took that's that why Baylor recently. has always been there. That's why you haven't always heard a ton of buzz about Baylor because when are you ever going to hear a ton of buzz about Baylor? <laughs> but no, the, the Baylor thing is very. In fact, I remember talking to somebody that knew that recruitment very early on, very early on, um, back when. There was a lot of smoke elsewhere about OU and DJ Lagway, and that person told me, no, look, it's going to be Florida or it'll be Baylor. How does false reports about Jackson Arnold flipping affect OU football recruiting? Well, it freaks everyone out. I know that. Yeah, no crap. How many non-converts are still listening (laughs) to the Jackson Arnold BS? You know what? Jackson Arnold is uh, is in the middle of a season right now, in the middle of the playoffs. He probably had to be like, well, Parker, uh, I was just going to hang out this weekend and get some rest and focus on the playoffs, but all the OU fans are freaking out right now, so I guess I better show my face in Norman just to calm everyone down. Yeah. I don't know. Don't get worked up about We will give you names to get worked up about. I assure you of that. There are plenty of names that we can give you to get worked up about. Do not let Jackson Arnold be one of those. We do not get freaked out about Jackson Arnold on this radio program or this radio station. 
Let's, Just saying. Let's see what else we got on the text line. Uh, boys, Cole Adams just got his cast off last week. He is going to rest for Bama. That comes from Jimmy and Tulsa. Well, as he should. I have no doubt that game one next year he'll find his way in the two deep and he'll have six receptions for 150, 155 yards and a couple of touchdowns. I don't know who Bama plays week one, but I'm sure that that'll happen. Uh, somebody said, somebody asked rather, but are the Sooners doing it? Referring to engineering things behind the scenes with regard to the transfer. They were doing world. it with Muleshoe, right? I, Didn't they do that with Mike Woods at Arkansas? Is that what was going on there? Yes, that <laughs> happened. Look, I I didn't say they're doing it, but I also didn't say they're not, okay? Uh, good t-shirt, Tyler. The ref doing the Lord's work. Yeah. I, I'm going to have t-shirts on uh, Saturday, by the way. We are going to be, for our pregame coverage, starting with Parker, We'll be at Yo Pablo on Campus Corner. You're welcome. We're moving it inside oh, so you don't have to be outside for the two oh, hours that you're goodness. on the air. Yeah, made that one work. Yeah, that was. Whew. So 1230 to 530. Yeah, 1230 to 30 we'll be inside Yo Pablo on Campus Corner. Come hang out. Say hello. This listener in the 918 asked, Parker, is there any big-time names that are looking to transfer to OU behind the scenes that you know of? Like, what, what are the odds that I actually answer that question? Just give him a, uh, like, say just to his little brother who's thinking about leaving Maryland to come to OU. <laughs> Get everyone worked up. Oh, man, what would be the most outlet? Caleb Williams back to Oklahoma. Oh, my gosh. Would people, would people be excited about that or say, no, you suck, stay out of L.A.? I feel like it's probably like the Dylan Gabriel discussion. Yeah, Half are like, let's go, come on. I, I, listen, I'm going to make a burner Instagram account and make this edit right now. See if we can get this thing to pick oh, up Oh, you can catfish the other guys <laughs> over there. I assure you of that. Uh, all right, I believe we got Travis Davidson coming up next. We'll get, get, uh, get out to him in the 918s. In the meantime, more of your text on the Air Coverage Solutions text line. 405-651-3439. Keep it locked on the ref. We're inside the Brad O'Haver studios on this Wednesday. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune. It is locked in with McComas and Thune right here on The Ref. And the Ref Army, they are listening nationwide. Aurora, Colorado, Providence, Rhode Island, Indian Trail, North Carolina, Bakersfield, California, Adrian, Michigan, Paris, Texas, Boise, Idaho, and Asher, Oklahoma, our small Oklahoma town of the day. Guess we got Travis Davidson as well. Yeah, you know what that means. Travis, what's going yo, on? Yo, 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 what yo, Oklahoma yo. small town are you in today? I'm in Eufaula. I'm just a nice. block off of uh, Selman Road over here in, uh, in beautiful Eufaula, Oklahoma. Like entering the Eufaula city limits, are you just entitled to get a statue on campus in Norman? I feel like they have a pretty good rate I mean, I- of uh, natives like getting a, a statue in Norman. Just, you know, pretty good rate there. Yeah, I feel... I feel like just by being here so often, uh, here uh, with our fantastic hosts at uh, Flamingo Fish Marine, I feel like being down here so often, I've at, I've at least shot up the statue rankings from probably about like, I don't know, 10 millionth in line to like 
maybe eight millionth. So like I, I I'm like I feel it. I like I've I've felt kind of a shift from being here so often. Yeah, well, you it's follow. In the air. I would say you follow definitely leads the state in Heisman Park statues <laughs> per, per capita. Yeah, I would think so. Yes, I would think so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, hey, just so you guys aren't worried about it or concerned about it anymore, I've talked to both of you off the air and you seem concerned about it. Um, I've got good news here. Gary Patterson tweets out today, for all that care one way or another, I am committed to Sark and this staff to finish the journey, so please don't believe any reports otherwise. <laughs> Hashtag we, not me. So you guys, it, it's all good. Gary Patterson's going to stay at Texas. Oh, man, did you see that? It was a, It came from a tweet that was like, Horn uh, or like Horn Frog HQ or something like that, posing as a Nebraska fan. It was like 98 followers or something like that, and they were like, "Oh, Gary Patterson's supposed to be in Lincoln this weekend. He's the uh, you know they're just agreeing on contract terms." It's like, dude, you can't be making statements based on you know these troll accounts. What's going on? Nebraska is actually going to employ the rarely utilized head coach by committee approach in 2023. They'll have a different head coach for every game. A former Husker. So, well, I like that I, idea. Well, I thought I thought they were going to do. Um, <clears throat> maybe I, I read this incorrectly. I thought they were going to crowdsource it from Twitter. Each play, kind of like text, you know, text in your vote type situation. Hey, you know what? They play. could probably do that, and the end product wouldn't be much worse than what it is right now. So, yeah, yeah, that's uh, you ain't lying. There's no doubt about that. But I'll tell you what, guys, when it comes to Gary Patterson, uh, you know, even some of the te- Texas writers were saying it. They're like, yeah, it's weird that uh, our defense had their best game of the season. I mean, really against uh, you know a really good team. And knew all their tendencies. It's like they knew all their players, everything like that. It's like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gary Patterson probably knows a couple of those dudes. They still didn't win the game, by the way. Still got it. Exactly. <laughs> Should have got beat by two touchdowns not. if it not was all for a not. score, right? <laughs> I know, man. Uh, I saw a link from the Tulsa World today, and I guess it had quotes from both P.J. Atabare Parker and Caden Green, which is this is no surprise. We've been – Talking about this for a while now. I guess there was a quote in the story. Caden Green said, quote, I won't be decommitting, end quote. P.J. Adabare said, quote, if it wasn't firm, I wouldn't have committed. It'll stay that way, end quotes. But he's flipping to Ohio State, Tyler. Mm-hmm. Sure doesn't sound like it with those quotes. I heard, I heard Missouri, Parker. Come on, get your story straight. Northwestern to play with the older brother? I think it's just Northwestern Missouri. Is oh, okay, okay. He's, uh, <laughs> he's going D two, huh? Yeah, and and shout out uh, the nine one eight Tulsa World. Eric Bailey did a great job on that article. Um, it's it's kind of interesting, isn't it, guys? I don't remember any other time, and obviously there is a reason it's this way. But do you ever remember any articles uh, coming out that were were questioning the commitment? of all kinds of different people in our class that's it's kind of interesting it's like a whole another uh well whole another angle that journalists can take throughout the season that they they haven't had to in the past yeah i was about to say oklahoma hasn't lost five games in a long time <laughs> yeah but and, yeah that's what i'm saying and, and i'm yes you're probably more willing you are more willing to lose recruits when you're having a bad year i'm sure history would say that that's accurate but 
just be it doesn't mean you're going to lose your entire class and just because you're playing well doesn't mean that you're going to lose any recruits. I forgot exactly who it was, but I feel like I saw on Monday or over the weekend that Georgia lost a four-star player here recently. So you can be playing really well and you can still lose a recruit or have a decommitment. Are you more likely to have decommits when you're having a bad year? Yes, probably that is the case, but just be, even if OU is 10-0 right now, it would not mean that this class would be totally secure. So you can't, just, I say that, you can't judge everything, Parker, off of wins and losses on, in what happens during the week. No, you can't, because if you judged everything off wins and losses, well, P.J. Adabari would have already flipped to Ohio State, and Caden Green would have flipped to Michigan, right? And yet those two are being very adamant and very open about the fact that, hey, we're not going anywhere. Has anyone contacted Jimmy Johnson about committing money to the NIL, says the 918? Yeah, he, he's got to have a lot of it. Forget money. How about everyone that signs gets a real NASCAR to drive around town? Huh? Maybe. Hey, I like it. It, it could be a I Lowe's. Like NAS- I think he used to drive the Lowe's number 48 car, if yep. my NASCAR knowledge is correct there. Your NASCAR knowledge is indeed correct. Okay, all right. No 24 Chevy DuPonts, you know, driving around or anything like that. You need the 48 Lowe's car. Well, and, and when idea. it comes to that, like like talking about how wins and losses affect recruiting, I think it just comes down to a lot of, uh, to Parker's point earlier, a, a lot of fans that have never witnessed or don't remember the last time that we had a season like this, the last time we were 5-5. Five and five. And they think to themselves, because they're thinking in the present, right? They're thinking, man, who would want to play for this team? Well, they're not playing for this team. They're playing for next year's team and the team after and the team after, right? So especially with the first-year coach, I think they get way more leash uh, really than than anybody would, certainly more than like you know, like Jimbo, you know, how long he's been at A&M. At least they've got the resumes, they've got the big game experience, they've got all this, that, they've got proven schemes on both sides of the ball that they can recruit to with, oh, by the way, you might be able to start as a true freshman or at least play as a true freshman at a place like the University of Oklahoma under a guy like Brent Venables or Jeff Levy on the other side of the ball and I think that I think that's valuable there's so much more that goes into a commitment um, than just that season's wins and losses here's a question from the Air Comfort Solutions text line which is more shocking based on preseason OU five losses or TCU undefeated I would say it's TCU, TCU undefeated, undefeated because yeah. if you told me before the season that OU was going to lose five games, I'd be like, okay, yep, Dylan Gabriel gets hurt. That makes sense. That's how it happens. If you told me TCU was going to go undefeated, I'd have said, no, yeah. not a snowflake's chance in hell. Now, the way that this season has gotten to five losses is very surprising. I mean, Dylan Gabriel was hurt for six quarters. Yeah. Um, if you would have told me that before the year, I still wouldn't have predicted five losses. But I see what you mean. There was an avenue there was an for avenue. a disastrous season. I did not see an avenue for TCU you to be a top four team after 10 games I, I did I did not so I don't know if you agree with that Travis but I agree with Parker it's TCU undefeated oh I agree with that entirely and 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 kind of uh back to kind of the decommit conversation to that point uh we went what seven straight seasons uh with having no more than two losses um if people think back to the 2020 class we had nine decommits including Five-star Drew Sanders, five-star Dante Manning, high-ranked four-star Jason McClellan, Jalen Knight, and Edron Cooper, all these guys, Ryan Watts, who now obviously went to Ohio State and then now plays for Texas. I mean, we have nine different guys, and and those guys were committed to, you know, Lincoln Riley and really kind of his, you know, the strength of his 
time here, really. I mean, the height of his powers, if you will. He had, you know, established a little bit away from Stoops, this, that, and the other, and he had 90 commitments in that class. So if we only end up having a few, man, I mean, that speaks volumes. Uh, Travis, it's Wednesday of David Hicks' watch. Um, you getting nervous? You getting antsy? Where, where, are you, where are you at with this? We're getting close. No, no, I, uh, I feel good. I think, uh, I think especially since, uh, you know, Sanford's going to come with him. You know, I know, you know, he's been in contact with OU. He's taken other visits. If it were, if he wouldn't have gone to like Oregon or something like that, I might have been like, eh, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. But the fact that he's openly taking other visits and, and the A&M, uh, dumpster fire is what it is we're five and five yeah but they have the absolute worst record in the sec with a coach that's been there forever with the highest ranked class of all time in their locker room uh one more text from the 580 before we hit a break because i think it's an interesting one yep will Ladamian washington still be the wide receivers coach next season survey says no kind of feels that way doesn't it yes now who yeah. is the next wide receiver coach going to be? There's probably about three names that you can think of. I have of, a real but, good guess. Yeah, so it kind of definitely feels that way. All right, 405-651-3439. One final segment of Locked In is next. Keep it locked in the ref. Final segment of Locked In with McComas and Thune. And on Wednesdays, it's McComas, Thune, and Davidson. Travis will join me from 3 to 6 today on The Rush. Day 2. Well, technically it's day 3 of the Crimson and Cream uh, Collective. But through two days, the Crimson and Cream Cream Collective, $163,000. Just shy of $164,000. With the donor match, that means... $327,000 $327,000 has been raised, just under 328000 through two days, crimsoncreamcollective.com. They are trying to get to their goal of $3 million. And, hey, if you've got over three hundred twenty-five k the first two days, Travis, you're on a pretty good little pace here. Yeah, and, you know, the timing of that is no accident, right? They wanted that thing uh, going right up to uh, that national signing day, that early national signing day, right? And obviously you got a bunch of five stars in town. They launched this um, and off to a really good start. And I think you'll start to see some um, kind of bigger donations, kind of corporate donations hit it. And who's to say this donor, you know, if this thing really gets cooking, doesn't say, you know what, I was only going to match 1.5, but – Man, since we're since we're really rocking and rolling, I'll go ahead and match up to two. I'll match up to two and a half. You know what I mean? That's that's how a lot of these things go. Yeah. On the text line. Oh boy, it's getting interesting there, <laughs> isn't it? From the nine seven two. Does this next wide receiver coach candidate sip codeine to kill the cough? <laughs> that could be said. Yes. Um, I thought I, I never thought about it this way, but I hear it every single home game walking up to the stadium. Uh huh. How how uncomfortable is it for our current wide receivers coach to hear the entire? Malcolm Kelly, OU boys rap blaring out of the PA during warm-ups. I never thought about it that way. That's a good point, but maybe LaDamian Washington doesn't think about that, but I, I probably would. 
And now we know, like, we, we all know what the content is going to be if and when that hire were to take place, right? Oh, yeah. Timeline cleanser. Just post it. That's all you got to do. It's going to be your entire social media feed for that whole week. Yeah. Which, which, which is fine. Which is fine. Judging by the text line, if Malcolm Kelly is indeed the next wide receivers coach, um, that's going to get about, about 100% approval rate uh, as, as I'm looking at it right now. It, it doesn't hurt that he's a former Sooner and that he's a wide receivers coach at a place that wide receiver play is probably the best in the entire conference, and they're undefeated. If OU does indeed try and plan, if they're planning to try and hire Malcolm Kelly at the end of the year, Travis, this is the perfect time to go out and hire Malcolm Kelly based on what he's done this year. Yeah, exactly. And I think, uh, especially given the situation of him kind of, you know, losing Johnson to the draft, who in all mocks you see him as like a top 10 guy, sometimes you see, you know, a coach kind of stick around to, to see through their their star pupil, things like that. I think I think the timing's great, personally. Is he really getting mocked top 10? Yeah. I mean, that's what I've wow. seen. 10, 15. I think, I mean, like really just with good. that frame, too. I mean, it, you know, you can't obviously teach that frame, but a lot of those guys, you know, they're, they're big, but they can't move, but Quentin moves so well. It's also kind of a weak wide receiver class this yeah, next year, yeah. all things considered, which is why I think it's going to be – an interesting conversation that Marvin Mims has to have with the people around him as well as the folks at Oklahoma because on the one hand, he hasn't – I wouldn't say his draft stock has risen this past season, but when he's looking at how how talented he is compared to the rest of the wide receiver class this year versus where he might fall compared to the rest of the wide receiver class next year, there's definitely an opportunity for him to bounce early and – turn in a good performance at the Combine, and hear his name called by the end of day two. Here's something I found interesting before uh, you get out of here, Parker. Now, this is an on-three article. I I want to make that known before we approach this. But they have their coaching carousel, like what they're hearing type of things, whatever. And at the bottom of the story, at the bottom of the paragraph, it says, schools like Texas A&M, South Carolina, Iowa, Oklahoma, and Virginia – look destined for coordinator changes. What? Yeah. Okay. I, 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 yes. I mean, obviously, yes. we know who that's referencing. We, but it's we, like, yes, we know who that's so referencing. So it's like, okay, you guys are saying that it's going to happen for sure, that the roof is going to be on fire and it's not going to be there at the end of the year? O- okay. I'm guessing that's who you're talking about. I don't think I, I, I don't know who else. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely who you're talking about. <laughs> I... Here's my hot take. I know exactly who the next defensive coordinator at the University of Oklahoma is going to be. Gary Patterson. No. Oh, okay. No. I was going to say Brandon Hall. I think they promote from within. Or, like, I think best case scenario, Brent Venables is your next defensive coordinator. Just let the dude call the plays. He's the best defensive coach in college football. There's no reason why he should just be a CEO at this point. Well, after a year like this, you might just take matters into your own hands, yeah, Parker. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, if, yeah, 100% that could be the case. All right, uh, Travis and I are coming up next. Just a little bit of a warning for all of you out there. They're going to stick with us through the 3 p.m. hour and beyond. I'm going to be playing an audio clip at the top of the hour that's probably going to make you a little bit upset. So just a, just a heads oh, up great. on that. Great. Just a heads up on that. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. We're the Homo Sooner fans.